This is Peak Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to this episode with Sade. On the episode ahead, we discuss Sade's journey pursuing professional soccer, how he is building the 2AM podcast, the power of consistency and creating content, the difficult balance between obsession, focus, addiction, and workaholism, the power of flow, embodying health principles, barefoot beach sprints, and much more. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoy this episode. And if you'd like to contribute any good vibes to help Peak Earth grow, a five-star review on Spotify or Apple is the best way to do that. Really appreciate everyone who is listening. I hope you enjoy this episode with Sade. All right, stoked today to be joined by Zaid. How's it going? What's going on, brother? I'm feeling amazing. How are you? Glad to hear it. Doing well myself. And we're actually pretty pretty nearby. We could be doing this in person one of these days. We're about an, an hour apart. And I think you you grew up in, in this area, right? Yeah, I grew up in Orange County most of, basically all of my life. I've traveled a bit around, um, but grew up here, born and raised. And I absolutely love it. It's expensive, but it's worth the money. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Tough to go wrong with the ocean and, and the sunshine and I think I think the people here get a bit of a, a bad rap, the people of Southern California, but I find that most people here are pretty pretty cool, pretty relaxed and, and easygoing. Yeah, and with any place, you're going to find bad people. So it's like, what do you have to complain about? It's just what type of energy are you putting out and who are you attracting really, right? That's what it all comes down to. That's a good point. It is it is a very reciprocal nature of, of reality where if you're putting out good vibes, you're gonna you're gonna mostly get good vibes in return. And I even feel like there's this way of reframing if I'm receiving bad feedback from the multiverse, from the world, whatever this is, there there is a way to kind of take that in and reframe it as a challenge where if, hey, if, if I'm getting, you know, something that isn't quite aligned with the way that I want to live, I can kind of reframe it like, no, this is a challenge. This is needed for growth. This is good. Yeah. And I've been in a place where it's like, you want to respond in a negative way and try to match their energy. But I think really the best case scenario is to either just try to be as understanding as possible, um, which is extremely difficult at times, or just completely ignore the individual. Either one of two options for me. Yeah. Yeah. Helpful, helpful protocol for dealing with difficult people. And when when you were growing growing up here, was it much different, or what was your life like overall? How was how was it growing up here? Yeah, man, I had a great childhood. Um, my mother was uh, she actually just retired. She was a, a school bus driver for um, a certain district where I where I lived. My father was a physical education teacher, so he went on to get his degree in um, sprinting and like athletics and, and soccer, a whole bunch of other things, but. I really came from a good upbringing. Uh, I went to a private school most of my life, a religious private school. And I latched onto a few things, ma- mainly soccer. I started playing at the age of four. But in terms of the whole family dynamic, I think um, it couldn't have turned out better for me, which, you know, thankfully I'm, I'm grateful for uh, because other people aren't able to have that experience. So I'm happy how it turned out and it's, it's led me down a steady path. So I'm, I'm very happy. The path you're on now, spreading great information, powerful information along the lines of, of health, wellness, vitality, healing, and energy, sleep, all the, all the good stuff. How'd you end up on, on, on this path? My father passed from, he had, originally he had a heart attack when I was around 17. And then when I was 18 traveling, 
halfway across the world in like England and Ireland trying to pursue professional soccer, he had a second heart attack. So I had to sit with myself due to that experience. And I really made the decision to focus obsessively on health and everything that has to do with health. And because of that, it's led me down this road where um, I just study, I try to study as much as possible. And, and from that point, I've gained a good amount of expertise and I'm able to help other gentlemen, other other people with this type of work. How old were you when that happened? 17, 18. I think I was around 18. Oh, wow. So you're 18, traveling around the world, pursuing professional soccer? Yeah, well, trying to. It's it's extremely difficult over overseas. Um, I've played a lot here, but I wanted to try to give that a shot because that's always been my dream as a kid. Um, I've moved past it. I, I, I like to focus on the, the health work now. I think that's really my vocation, but that's been an, an important part of my own personal development. So I think that's huge. And, and really at the end of the day, I think we all, and I'm sure you have an experience like this. We all have some dark moment that sends us down this path. And for me, my father passing from heart disease was that dark moment. Do you have a favorite moment from your days playing soccer? Man, that's hard. That's really hard. Um, I really can't pick a favorite moment. I mean, surely like playing in England when it's fall and the leaves are just perfect and the, the, the pitch is just crisp. Like that's that's amazing. But I really like to enjoy the whole process when it comes to soccer because the, everything, it's, it's tough work, but it's very fulfilling. So I, I couldn't really pick out one moment. Is there something about, it seems just in hearing your description that you're able to drop into a bit of a flow state and, you know, the rest of life kind of drops away as you're just kind of one in with the field and your team and, and the ball and the game. Yeah, absolutely, man. Flow state is such a big part of my life. And it's like, it's funny because when I stepped away from soccer, I have stepped away from it for not currently, but in the past for, you know, a couple months here and there. And I can really feel myself get into like this low level anxiety or depression because of what that flow brings into my life. And I think it's just so crucial for myself and just every other human being. And I'm sure you've read the book. Um, what is it? Flow by what, what's his name? Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Yeah. That's it. Perfect. But yeah, that's an instrumental book. Um, and the flow state really brings so much joy to my life and I'm sure you resonate. Um, I'd actually like to hear some of your thoughts on, on what you feel about flow. Absolutely. It's, kind of what we're here for. I think in a lot of ways, it's really the pinnacle of, of experience in life. Like everything good comes from a result of flow in, in a lot of ways, at least everything truly good at like a base level, not these like easy access drugs that we all have at our fingertips these days, whether that's a food drug or, or, an, or you know, something that's more hard or something that's more soft, like a, like a, Netflix streaming video, you could, you could say that's, that's a yeah. drug in a lot of ways. It's sort of a technical drug, all these things that we have, but anything that, that would be more fundamental or ancestral or, or a, a deeper woven aspect of reality, part of life from deep time perspective, all that comes through full, like play play is, is such a fun and, and important. It's, it's written off as this childish thing. Like, Oh, what are you going to play soccer? Like, what are you a kid? It's like, no, it's, I'm absolutely not. I'm a human that's trying to make the most of life. I'm trying to enjoy this thing. <laughs> yeah, Playing soccer is such an essential part of doing that. I, I see there's a, a park nearby where I see there's every once in a while, like maybe Tuesday, Thursday nights, there's, there's a group of guys who, who go play and they all look like a lot of them are out of shape or, or they're like just older men, but it's like, they're having a great time. It looks like the highlight, you know, of the week. We all have to go to these 
most of us have have jobs that we that we don't enjoy or that are kind of soul sucking. So having to be able to play and, and access a flow state, even what we're doing right now, this for me is a way to access a flow state. I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth next. That's all the flow, like really the the God, you could call it this, this action, life unfolding, the creative energy of the universe, just manifesting in this exact moment of time and space coming out of my mouth. And that's it's just so much fun. Absolutely, man. And that was a great example of it just right there. It's like, once you, you're at the point where you reach the unknown, you have no idea what's going to come of it. And usually, if you're skilled at what you're doing, if you stick with it long enough, the most beautiful pieces of work or the most extravagant experiences come out of that. And I've had that with soccer to where it's like, I look back on a certain play that I made, a goal that I scored or, or um, you know, a, a drop feint that I did on the field against somebody. And I have no idea how I even did it. And that is really what I'm pursuing. That's what I try to do every single day um, in, in a variety of fields, writing, soccer, um, training outside of just the, the sport and really just interacting with people such as yourself and, and just doing anything that I can. That's what we all aim for. And you have a, a variety of different outlets as well, because you've got the 3 a.m. podcast as, as well that, that you're doing with. Um... 2 a.m., by the way. A lot of people get that confused. That's what I was like, oh, did I just say that? <laughs> Let me just say <laughs> I was like, no. I've, I've actually had <laughs> I've had friends who have made jokes. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna start a three AM podcast just to outcompete you guys." <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so two AM podcast. That so that that's another outlet for you. You you write a lot online. You're creating a ton of art and content, if you want to call it that. Through which is kind of a dirty word. We can talk. We can talk about that too. I I think you probably have some thoughts about about that, but through your own personal platform, through the health and wellness arena. And then you've got, an, a, you've got the, the 2 a.m. podcast and that's another outlet. You've got soccer. What Are those kind of your three primary focuses or do you, do you have other things on top of those? I'd say those are the primary things. Um, soccer, writing slash um, health coaching, and then the, the podcast. Because really like all of them inform each other very nicely. Um, because... I, when I when I'm out training or when I'm out doing my thing with soccer, that informs my ability to write because I can think more clearly. Uh, and then the podcast is really just a way to bring people together that have never met before, and to create this sense of like brotherhood, sisterhood, um, to learn more about the world. I mean, we just had like we cover topics like raw milk. We're going to cover biodynamic farming soon, and it's it's just a way for me to learn about the world as well. I'm just expressing that to other people so that they can learn something through that. How long have you been doing your podcast? Man, almost three years now, coming up on almost three years. We started it before the pandemic or right, right at the pandemic, right, right at the start. How's that journey been? That's, that's a long time to be doing that. Man, it's been a trip. I mean, we were, we originally started at my, uh, my homie or my co-founder's house. We started in his room, had little tents and teepees with the audio and all that. Um, then we went to an older studio, um, like an older building. A lot of fun stories from that, but we decided that we had to get out. But that was really where we laid the foundation. So now we're actually, coincidentally, life comes full circle. So we're back in the original place. Um, but it's it's a joy, man. Just exploring creativity and talking about all sorts of things and Hopefully I want to bring you onto the podcast, maybe in person and we can see what we can do, but 
it's just the exploration exploration of the unknown. It's fun. And so you, was that, um, what would you say was the, the catalyst for that? Just exploring creativity, just seeing, seeing where it goes. And, and you have a co-host who does that with you. How often you guys record episodes? Cause you're constantly creating through that platform. It's, it's amazing. We used to do episodes probably like five to six times a week. Like we were absolutely maniacal about it. Now it's slowed down to about one to two times a week just because we have other things that we have to take care of. Money isn't necessarily being made from the podcast, so we're building our way up to that. Um, but yeah, the, the content's such a huge part of our strategy because we take the, the full-length clips and then we chop it up into small reels and then we send it out into all platforms. Um, and that's been a strategy, strategy that's really worked well for us. So, yeah. And a big part of what you share online in the realm of creativity is the power of, of consistency. And you're not someone who's just talking about that. You're, you're walking the talk as well. You are very consistent in, in your creativity and your productivity. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your ideas around that? What, what does consistency mean to you? How do you put that into play every day? Mm -hmm. Interesting question. I think consistency is something that I've always had a decent relationship with because um, I started out in sport at an early age. My dad was very disciplined, always consistent. So I think just watching him through that type of like osmotic, pro if that's a word, or osmosis process has been fundamental to my understanding with it. And then it, it's pretty simple for me because at the end of the day, you just do it as much as possible every single day if you can. And I usually take the the framework of becoming obsessed with the thing. Like I'm just naturally obsessed about soccer. I'm just naturally obsessed with recording the podcast and creating for it. So I'm a firm believer that if you want to rise to a high level in life in whatever area, you have to be absolutely obsessed. And that can come at a detriment to other areas of your life, but you have to learn how to counterbalance with time, right? And that comes with maturity as well, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, that is a difficult part of it is is playing with all these these trade-offs that we have to make where it's like, well, you know, I've committed to this one thing, I'm going to be committed, I'm going to be consistent, and then you've got to make sacrifices for it. You know, you got to make sacrifices at the altar of consistency, of, of being obsessed, uh, obsessed with, with being at a, at a high level. And that, that's so difficult for a lot of people, my, myself included, especially when you're talking about every day, it's like, you know, you're not going to do certain things because, you know, sure, it may be fun in the moment, but in the long term, what are we going to, what are we going to gain from, from binge walking or binge watching a Netflix series or, or, um, you know, how, how do you perceive that, that trade-off in the moment? How often is it, is it a struggle to be like, gosh, I really want to, you know, watch, watch this game or, or, or watch this movie or, or something that, that would be more of a short-term you know, experience versus something that would be adding to a long-term process? Mm. I think it is a struggle for me in certain domains. Um, when I find myself around people who might not have as high of standards with health that I do, I find myself um, giving myself a little bit too much leverage in my mind, but I think that's a good thing because it teaches you how to, how to balance, right? Um, but in general, I think my personality is set up in such a way that it's not really a struggle for me to do the work. If anything, I'm a workaholic. And 
it's a struggle for me to focus on things outside of the work. So I'm maybe an edge case in that scenario, but um, that it's something I'm still grappling with. And I certainly have, maybe I can even write a newsletter on this or like share some content on it, but it's a fascinating question and something that I'm still learning about. It is. It, I, I love thinking about it because it, it it's begins this conversation within like there's there are these multiple parts of me that are sort of like having this conversation or this like push and pull in my mind and it's like what <laughs> drives you crazy if you dive too too deep into it because it's like I'm not I'm just like this whole you know committee of different energies and and ideas and, and desires kind of swept into this one mind and I've got to somehow make sense of it on a daily basis but then that daily basis is also drawn out over like a weekly monthly quarterly yearly basis and yeah. I guess our life is an aggregate of those decisions in some way yeah man you're very well spoken how did you like get to that point did you do a lot of writing or I, so it's funny. I used to be the quiet one. I still am. I'm very reserved. I, I don't speak much. I'm a man of few words outside of the podcast room. Yeah. But I, when I um, began working outside of college, so I'm, I'm 32 now. When I was in my early 20s, I was just trying to find any job that I could. And that led me to bustling tables at a dive bar in Manchester, New Hampshire, where I, where I grew up. And then from there, um, just started find a better job. So I was a, a waiter at a sports bar and then I started having to interact mm -hmm. with people more. And then I was a waiter at a, at a fine dining restaurant and interacting with more people, having slightly more sophisticated conversations. Then I got a job as a broker dealer at a financial firm. So I was essentially working um, on the phone eight hours a day, taking hundreds of phone calls, speaking for hours and hours and hours, basically all day, every day. So wow. that's where I developed the skill. And I fucking hated it. I hated it every day. <laughs> I had to wake up and say, fuck this. I do not want to go into this again. And what came as a result of that, which oftentimes the things that, you know, we hate are, are there end up being gifts, you know, these curses end up being gifts, but I was able to develop some level of verbal fluency because I would have to speak for hours and hours and hours on end, something that almost nobody does these days. We're all, you know, text messaging or communicating via online methods for the most part, but listening back to my phone calls which was part of the job. And then also just talking for all day, every day was, was a great way that I was able to develop charisma, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah. It's an amazing skill to have. And I can tell you're, you're top level when it comes to that, man. So good on you for that. And it's just, is it, is that where you find a lot of your flow is just spoken word? I, I definitely find it there, but I've always had access to it in a bit of a unique way i think part of that was because i was very quiet and observant and and i didn't talk much i was always in my own head as, when i was growing up mm. um, always been a different always been a bit of an outcast always been a bit of a weirdo so having <laughs> time to myself to just like play and i was always very kind of creative and artistic i love movement practice is another way where I don't like working out. I hate working out, but I'm still in great shape because I play. I just move kind of freely. It's almost more like dance the way that I work out. I don't like counting sets and reps. I just like to move in a flow. And that's another way that I'm able to access this state of just, I think the Tao Te Ching is a great resource that talks about this thing called the Tao. And it's just this mm. flow of life that's kind of emerging out of, out of nowhere. You know, it's the, the big bang as, as we call it, like, what the heck was that? I guess it was just this thing that's <laughs> happening that we can have into. Yeah. yeah, man. I, I love that perspective. I think a lot of the bros in the gym, in the gym, in all sorts of gyms could learn a lot about that sort of framework. Like forget about the reps and sets for a moment. Let's, let's focus on 
exploring the body and, and doing all sorts of things that we're capable of, right? Yeah, I don't like feeling like a robot. And so much of modern life kind of forces us to feel like damn robots. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where soccer makes me feel like quite the opposite of that. It's it's that dance. It's it's so fluid and it's beautiful. So I, I love the experience and I love hearing other people's experience of just sport or fluid movement, whatever it may be like that. How's your relationship like with technology, having these multiple social media platforms that you're growing? And I mean, I have a small audience and I have trouble keeping up with all the pings and the dings. What's it like being, you know, does it drive you nuts or are you into it? It used to drive me nuts. Um, I'm definitely addicted to my phone. I'm definitely addicted to just it, it's not that ch- I mean, I am addicted to checking notifications and, and doing all that and making sure that I keep up with this stuff. But I think a lot, a large part of it is like the exploration of the unknown, like we said, uh, like I'm trying to tap into my potential. And because I'm trying to do that through the online medium, I just have to spend more time on it. And um, that is a tough scenario to be in, because if you see it, destroying other parts of your life like i've I've certainly had relationship problems because of it because it's my responsibility and i've allowed myself to be on the phone too much when i should be interacting with my significant other um but like i said it's a learning lesson and i'm definitely addicted to it it's something i'm i'm trying to find balance in uh, but in general i think it's a trade-off that i would i would rather make or at least like if we're doing 50 50 i would rather go 60 percent phone 50% other, at least for now, because that's just how I'm doing the work. It's a fine line between addiction and obsession. I think it's the same thing. I really do think it's the same thing because you, you experience the same negatives, so to speak. But, or maybe I can backtrack on that because, like, what type of benefit do you get from addiction? You get a high. But is there really anything else that you get from that? Maybe that's the difference is where if the pros outweigh the cons or if, or if the, you know, the downstream consequences start to have a negative impact on your life, then it becomes an addiction. Otherwise, I guess you could say it's an obsession. I'm not sure. I mean, this is something we're all kind of grappling with as a new aspect of, of human life is this infatuation with our smartphone, if you want to call it that, I hate calling it a phone. What, you know, that's what we use it <laughs> least frequently as. It's a, it's this portal to infinite everything, and yeah, it's it's easy to get obsessed with. Yeah, very easy, man. And I think if you're gonna get obsessed with it, here's the thing: I think people have to become creators as opposed to consumers. Like, I am a voracious reader of um, health topics specifically, but. I also consume just as much as I create, or I also create just as much as I consume. So you have to, you have to choose whether you're going to be in that realm as a creator or a consumer without a doubt. That's so key and and really powerful. Not to mention what you're creating. It's not just, you're not twerking on TikTok. You know, you're creating really important, impactful information. (laughs) This is stuff that could change lives for the better. So to be obsessed yeah. with that is really an honor and, and a privilege and a responsibility and, and a calling. 
it's a deep and, and powerful, you know, energy that you're putting into that. You're, you're changing lives in, in, in a great way. So it's, that makes it even more difficult though, at the end of the day, when you're talking about relationships and, and just, you know, maintaining, I don't know, work-life balance, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely couldn't be shaking my ass on the internet every <laughs> single day. That's, that's outrageous. But um, yeah, it's just, you have to, I think the awareness is key. You have to be aware of, of what influence this is having, this portal is having on your mind, your body, um, even like sitting at the computer for too long. Like if I do, if I do that for too long, I can feel the tightness in my hips. You have to become aware of all these different angles as to how it's impacting your life. And I think that's key. Agreed. Yeah, it's, I think that's, that must be what separates it from the fine line between addiction and, and obsession. It seems like I think awareness, awareness has got to be that fine line between those two, because if you're unaware of your actions and you're just doing it, you know, compulsively, then yeah, it's gotta be some sort of addiction versus like doing it with awareness, with intention, and then being obsessed and, and driving after certain results. That's, you know, it's a choice you can make and, and there's good and bad consequences, but as long as you're choosing that, bundle of consequences it's hey that's definitely a path we can take in life yeah yeah and even if you make a so-called unhealthy decision do so consciously try not to do it unconsciously because that's where you can get into trouble and on on the all these ideas of health there's there's million billion different tweets and threads videos books all these different perceptions and perspectives about how to maintain high health in this world. What, what are some of the, I don't know, favorite few that have come along into your life in, in these past few years that have been most impactful? Mm. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of sleep. I'm a very deep sleeper and I, I prioritize that big time. So that realm is, is something that I've really gained a good grasp of in terms of not only myself, um, but helping other gentlemen as well with, with improving their sleep. So anything that has to do with that, whether it's um, the circadian rhythm and circadian biology or something that I'm t diving really deep into now, I, when you look at the fact that our lives are dictated by the rhythm of the sun and the moon, um, it's, it's hard not to appreciate a holistic understanding of health. Because like a ball of light or a ball of fire millions of miles away impacts your sleep. Like that's an incredible thing to, to think about. So that's one thing I'm diving into. Red light therapy is another. I mean, I have it on right now. It's shining on me. Not too, I'm, I'm not too close to it, but um, it, it, it creates a, a nice environment for me. It just uplifts me. Of course, all the health benefits with the mitochondrial function and all that. What other... Nitric oxide is something I've been exploring the past couple weeks. Um, and outside of that, I think those are, those are a few key ones that I've really been focused on. I've never tried red light, but I've, I've definitely seen it out and about and I've, I've heard good things. There's part of me that says, ah, it's just a red light bulb. How can that have an effect on health? There must be more <laughs> to it. There must be more to it than that. That's what most people think, but it's it's incredible the the impact it has on sleep, mood, energy, um, even where it tightens your skin. I mean, that's not a huge like selling point for men, but it is for women. So, 
you, you'll certainly start to see if they haven't already, you'll start to see big industry coming in and, and just trying to take advantage of this for like beauty and cosmetic and a whole sort of other things. Like I put out a tweet probably a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, I would not, I expect to see a red light therapy device in every home in America in five to 10 years. Like that's how big it is. And that's how, how much of a dramatic shift it can create in your health. All you have to do is stand in front of a light, just buy it, stand in front of it. That's all. So it's pretty easy. And I am 100% aware of the danger of blue light. So why wouldn't the other end of the spectrum be helpful in healing blue light at night is the carcinogen I've heard described as, and it 100% is, this is the silent killer, the silent disease proliferator. That's really damaging, especially our generation, you know, people who are using a lot of technology late at night, even, even older generations actually are watching TV or on their phone late, late at night without blue light blockers, yeah. without even dimming the screen and have no idea how much that's disrupting the sleep. Mm -hmm. Big time. And I'm sure you're aware of like, if, if you're ever under a set of led lights at night, how like offensive that is to your physiology and psychology, right? It's just like, you want to get away from it. No part of you wants to be under that stuff when the sun has set. And I think that goes to show the, the power of circadian biology and like what your body actually needs because it, it seeks certain light wavelengths from sunlight, from red light therapy, um, even incandescent bulbs are very nice. I mean, I have one right there in the back. So it's, it's all about becoming aware, like we said, of, of what you're introducing yourself in terms of light. It's, it's so wild to me being a young man. I still, I'm 32. I consider myself a young man growing up into this society where everything is just so wrong. Everything, like every, almost every aspect of life is just set up now in a way. And I don't believe it was set this way intentionally. Over time, it has evolved. We've just been seeking convenience, seeking advancement. And over time now we're, we're left with so much so-called advanced technology and, and modern convenience that we're, we're being crippled at a societal level, we're being crippled by the amount of progress that we've made. It's incredibly bizarre. And now we're, we've awakened to, to a lot of the damages caused by the food system, by the lighting system, by the, the air, by the water. There's so many, pretty much everywhere you turn, every touch point, it can be improved and evolved in a way where you can actually, you know, avoid a lot of the diseases that we are seeing in, in our parents and our grandparents and, and our friends and family around us and are able to maintain a high level of, of health. What, what, what kind of led you to be awake and aware to a lot of this? I know you mentioned your father's passing. What was your journey like after, after that moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the original red pill for me. Um, and then from that point, it's really just, I think my curiosity has led me down that path because I, I liked ideas. I liked to explore different realms of philosophy and through that, I started reading a lot of books, listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, you within the health context, you discover people like Ben Greenfield or um, D Dr. David Perlmutter, a whole bunch of these individuals who have really um, made an impact on health and have exposed the right information. So I, I attribute the curiosity big time to leading me down that path. And from that point, once you have that ball rolling, it rolls forever. Unless like you go through something tragic and you turn and you decide to like shut yourself out to the world, it just keeps going forever. So I don't intend on stopping until the day I die.
in terms of like my curiosity for life and for different realms of it. It is a, a deep and infinite game with so much complexity and curiosity because our body, our bodies are so infinitely complex and in the ways that we interact with, with the world is, is just, yeah, it's, there's so many different ways to, to try different techniques and modalities. And then there's the aspect of integrating it into life that can also be pretty challenging. Yeah. Do, do you find it, I mean, you mentioned a comment, I think a couple of days ago, or maybe even yesterday on, on one of my replies, like overwhelming and something else, creativity. Like, do you find that overwhelming to be tapped in so much? Yes. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> it's like an overflowing, overflowing ideas. It's my, yeah, the man, it's, it's a bit chaotic in my mind and I know I should probably have more mindfulness practices, but I, I find like that almost kind of mutes things. It almost turns down the the volume on my, my lunacy. And I, I kind of like the chaotic mind. I like having idea with, I like having a mind with a lot of ideas that, that are coming up and, and it's kind of invigorating and there's so much to be done. There's so much opportunity and so much potential to, to create a better world. It's, it's like right here. And once you're, you're tapped in this health, that's really one of the primary benefits for me is this energy, this enthusiasm, this creativity you know, I'm not apathetic. I'm, I'm not, you know, wanting to drown, drown things out with, with alcohol or, or with media. It's like, I, I want to create, I want to create a better world. There, we don't have forever. So like, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's make the most of it. And the best way to do that is going to be through, through action, through, through creativity. And the ideas are this interesting, I believe maybe some sort of life form that has yet to be analyzed that kind of lands into your brain potentially through some antenna that's tuned by having a healthy body mind and then we can take those ideas and share them with the community and it, it can definitely be a little bit overwhelming sometimes it's like that saying goes um the idea grabs you you don't grab it or something of that nature um i'm definitely a firm believer in that and it's it, what's incredible about health in general and once you have this stuff dialed in it's just the, the impact it has on the quality of your energy. You're, you're steady and it's, it's a very clean type of fuel for both your mind, body, and spirit. So what I find tragic is that a lot of people don't understand what that clean energy feels like. Um, and they really go through life with this, what is it like? I don't want to call it disgusting, but just like, just what, what would be the word for that? Dirty energy, I guess. Yeah, it's almost a, a disordered energy too, in a way where it's because you're it's being acquired from you know, fractured food, pseudo food, you know, disrupted, uh, disharmonious. You know, the energy, the source of it is is coming from a from a place that's not quite right. So the energy itself gets mm. sort of like fractured and and jumbled. It's like a you know a radio signal that's currently going like. Sh- like you're not quite getting the music yeah feel very like discombobulated and just all over the place and i do think that's a good reflection of where most people are at unfortunately and i think uh the work that we do through sharing our content and through through embodying the principles is to get people back into that clean state of mind and from there they they can take care of it you don't have to try to convince uh, a thirsty horse to drink water 
right? Like it's just naturally going to do that. Yeah. That's the truth of Rav too as well. I know I struggled a lot as a younger man looking out at the state of the world and being pretty depressed about the way things are and the way things are headed, at least the way they seem to be headed and not feeling helpless, you know, feeling like I can't, yeah. can't do anything about all this pollution, all the you know broken economic system, all the broken food system. Can't do anything about that. Then I realized, oh, actually, I can do a lot about that. I can fix myself and I can help my friends and family. I can share ideas for anyone who's willing to be open to them. And that's the most I could do anyways. That's the most any of us can really do at the end of the day. Yeah. And look where it's getting us. I mean, we're, we're able to reach thousands of people simply with one click of a button. Like that's incredible. Um, and, and if you just extrapolate that over the course of five, 10, 15, 20 years, you could have a hundred million followers, followers for all we know. And there we go. You're starting businesses. You're, you're, you're changing the way people think you're fundamentally shaping the structure of future society and future generations. And that's absolutely incredible. That's a gift. It is and a, a great responsibility as, as well to kind of serve whatever got us there. And it feels to me like it's some form of, I don't know, I, I guess truth is what you'd call it. Do you, do you have a, a perception on, on the concept of, of truth? Like what, what is that? What does truth mean to you? That's interesting. Um, I, I don't believe in the idea that truth is just a subjective thing, like my truth or your truth. That, that just, we're just pointing to your experience or my experience. That doesn't mean it's inherently true for every single person or, or being out there, right? So I think objective truth, I, I certainly think morality plays a big part. I think epistemology plays a big part, like digging into how you know things are real and, and like digging into the deep, deep layers of the onion, like getting to the core of it. Um, and that's certainly where ideas of like enlightenment and Satori and, and non-duality come from. So those are just ideas I'm exploring. I, I don't claim to have like this objective truth um, that I carry with me. Uh, there are things that have worked for other people in, in the health realm and in other realms, but by no means am I carrying like the staff of like, I, uh, I know everything and I'm going to help lead you um, to the, to the promised land. Right. Yeah. I would, I would, I would be, I would be weary if, if you did, although I might, I might follow, <laughs> I might follow a few steps just to see where we end up with the, it is crazy to think about this idea of truth. And then you layer that on with the idea of belief where we can use our minds to just decide something and it has real power. It, even in the health realm, people have, have, one of the most mind blowing things to me is this, these like sham surgeries where, where people get like, a fake surgery and their, their leg heals just because they believe they had the surgery. So, and then their body just decides wow. like, okay, yeah, we'll heal it. Isn't that incredible? Have you ever had like something happen like that in your life where you, in hindsight, you realized you were exposed to something quote unquote harmful, but then you just didn't think about it. Nothing comes to mind, but I'm sure that that's happened before. Have you, do you, have you had something like that? Not really that. Yeah. Nothing that comes to mind, but I'm sure like, I'm sure it's happened plenty of times in our lives if we can just recollect and bring it up. Yeah, I mean, man, in, in college, I look back to some of the things that I did and I'm surprised that I'm, I'm alive today. Just the copious amounts of, of alcohol, the, the multiple, you know, 
God, it was just every, so like, for example, the amount of weed that we would smoke, we would, there would like, I remember when we would be, you know, smoking a blunt and it would be like down to nothing. And they would put like a hole in a plastic bottle and put the blunt like in the plastic bottle and smoke through that. It's like just the amount of like, I would never, <laughs> doing that today would be insane. The amount of just like basically inhaling plastic. And it's like, how did I, and so near the end of college, I got this tumor growing out of my arm. You can't, there's like a tiny scar there, but so I, it was just growing oh, wow. out of nowhere. And I was wondering what that is. And looking back, it's like, why was I even curious? Like, ob it's obvious where that came from. I was living like a, an idiot. And I was, but that was a catalyst for me to then decide, oh, I'm going to take a deeper look at this health and wellness stuff because I'm 22. Why is there a tumor growing out of my arm? And that led me to a paleo diet. I ditched all the whole grains that I was eating at every meal, all the pastas, all the sandwiches, all the pancakes, et cetera, all the cereal. And then that alleviated my depression and anxiety, which had been a part of my adult life, my entire experience. I didn't know there was another way. So it's, again, another one of these examples where a lot of our, you know, what we perceive as challenges and curses can become some of our, our greatest blessings over time. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I resonate absolutely with that. And um, what, like one thing that has expedited the process for me, and I know you talk about, a lot about this, is fasting. Uh, and, and I would like to dive into like just either the, the science behind it or the spirituality. Like what's your perspective on fasting? Because I know you, you, you have come off a number of five-day fasts and I've seen the, the photos of that. That's incredible. Like just the face shots alone. Yes, that, that has been one of my deepest passions over the past two, three years now has been these, these multi-day fasts. And I've interviewed a, a few master fasters, I guess, if, if you want to call them that on, on this, um, recently on, on the podcast, who wrote books about it, who would know a lot more than me on, on the topic. So I, they've just reaffirmed what, what I've learned through my own experiences that there is, is a way to, to access a, a deeper level of healing within the human organism. It's this built in technique, modality feature of, of, of the homo sapien is that the Greeks called it viriditas which means mm. healing force. It's this, this green life force energy or, you know, translating it to English isn't perfectly smooth because we don't exactly have a word or concept for it, but you see it when you cut yourself. That cut heals up and it goes away as if it never happens before. And for some reason, the medical establishment has, has difficulty sort of accepting that that happens inside of us as well. That obviously does. And I've, I've experienced it firsthand um, back in 2020 when I first got COVID. I fasted for three days and, and my, my smell and my taste came back. And that led me to say, wow, there's something pretty cool about this. And the reason why I did that was because a voice in my head told me to, to fast for three days. Uh, and that was the, the genesis of this fasting journey I've been on. Later went on a five-day fast to heal my back, which had been plaguing me for months. And then the, recently I had this strange itchy rash I must have picked up from a public park in LA. It was just like itching every once in a while. It wasn't going away. It was a real disturbing. And the five-day fast that I did recently kind of cleared that right up. It hasn't itched for a long time. And you know, as much as I dislike talking about itchy rashes on a, on a podcast, it's a very legitimate, you know, <laughs> another example of something that healed up and it just works. It just works. That is incredible. I think and I'm curious to also hear your perspective on this because I know like if you do, if you go into like a two, three day fast, 
um, with a cancer diagnosis and you're doing chemotherapy, it makes you, it makes the chemotherapy more effective. It maintains the healthy cells and then you don't experience any symptoms. So do you think that this long-term fasting has the ability to heal all chronic disease? Like let's say we're in late stage heart disease. Do you think it has the ability to, to reverse that or not? Potentially it can be miraculously healing based on many of the experiences that I've read from others. Caveat being a lot of these people fasted for a long time, way longer than I've fasted and way longer than most people are going to be willing to fast or able to fast without professional supervision. So the True North Health Center up in Northern California is a really famous fasting clinic. They have people come and they water fast them for like 10, 20 days. And they've had some really amazing healing experiences. And, And this has been echoed throughout time throughout history for eons for well not eons but thousands of years because obviously um fasting was just a part of life if you go back far enough Mm. there are still hunter gatherers today who fast for months just because there's no food so that would be um a big reason why fasting now is is this way that that we're able to access a super state and and if you think about it evolutionarily our bodies would need to ramp up not shut down and shrink people think you know if you skip one meal oh, I'm you know, tired and cranky, so if I skip more than one meal, I'm going to get even more tired and cranky. But <laughs> no, at, at some point, you shift into this awesome next-level gear where you just, I feel more human in, in those deeper days of a fast than I do on a, on a day-to-day basis, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. I'm actually like in the middle of, I mean, I've just started one, but I'm probably on like hour 18. And people need to understand this as well. The more you fast, the more experience you have with it, the easier it gets. Um, I can't imagine myself fasting for seven to 10 days, even though I've done a 96 hour fast in the past, just because of like the the emotional roller coaster it sends you down. Um, And that's something that I'm going to have to deal with and I'll gain more experience because I might potentially do that in the future under supervision. But it's just amazing how you have this innate ability to heal um, from anything, really. Yeah, that it's so needed in, in today's world as well, where there's so much disease and everyone's looking for a pill or a supplement or some sort of intervention to come in. Like, what can I add? What can I add? When the, a lot of times there's a simpler solution of like, what can you take away? What, like, what if you just had nothing for three, four, five days? you might just feel a heck of a lot better on the other side of that experience, but you're right. It, it does take a little time to build up, build up that skill. It's sort of this forgotten aspect or even this, this kind of secret door within the human body that we're able to find that has been sort of whispered about meditation is kind of a similar thing. Same with breath work, mm. you know, it's, there are these things that are kind of built into the human animal over just <laughs> the past thousands of years of generations that we kind of have this, this access to that some people are able to, to use for the really great effect. Yeah. We have to start using these tools more and uh, we have to start spreading them to, to other people because they're crucial, especially right now in the context of like you have large conglomerates who are destroying the planet and we really need to get our head on straight um, to save it from, from various perspectives. That's going to be an important tool, like just breath alone can can impact influence your ability to think and and in, and create policy and do all sorts of things 
So just think about what all of those things stacked onto each other can do. That's the new world that, that it's our responsibility, our generation's task to, to build is to reintegrate these things back into our culture, these, these lost and forgotten tools, these artifacts of, of a different era. If, if we are able to, to implement them in a way that, that makes sense and makes life better, then life, the future is going to be a beautiful place. But if, if we continue to leave them unused and, and dusty, then this future might not be such a, such a cool place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we have to do our part and, and make sure that we do as much as we can. Absolutely. And it's true in diet as well. If we think about the foods that most people eat compared to what could be termed as an ancestral diet, you know, or even movement practices. I know you love, love a good barefoot sprint. Man, my absolute favorite exercise of all time. I don't care about the gym. I don't care about hack squats or whatever else you have. A barefoot sprint on the beach is where it's at. And it's just incredible because like, think about how many things you're stacking onto that. You're, you're getting the aerosolized minerals into your system. You're sprinting. So you're creating fast switch muscle fiber and you're losing body fat and doing all sorts of other things. Um, you're in the sun, under the sun, you're getting vitamin D3. You are getting proper oxygen and what else you're grounding to the earth. So what five or six of the most powerful health modalities and, and tools right there that are given to you by mother nature. And all you have to do is walk outside and go to the beach if you have it available to you. <laughs> yep. It's true. It's true. Even, and if you don't have a beach, any, you know, backyard will do. The only difference is, I guess, some of the mineralization uh, will, will be slightly different, but barefoot sprinting on the grass, you'll still get some of that earth energy from the electromagnetic energy of the earth. You'll get sunshine even if it's cloudy you get some sunshine from that and just the pushing the body to the point where you only thing that's really aware of is like your breath so it's just like exhale inhale exhale and it's almost happening outside of you at that point because you're mm -hmm. pushing your body kind of to the limit to this like red zone where you're essentially taking flight and and you're heaving and breathing in such a way where you just need that next breath it's so good to push the body to that point where you're i feel so much better after leaving all that just in the trail of, of my feet flying down the path and it's another really important thing that we can do that most people are not doing very much it, it, once they become adults they, they stop playing they stop sprinting you know it's we got to br bring these things back and that's that's why i'm really excited to be connected with you and, and having this conversation because we're a couple of like-minded people who have really benefited from these tools and really increased their quality of life and are able to, to share from a place of experience and from a place of embodiment so that other people can hopefully hear this and start doing it a little bit. And then they turn on and have that experience and yeah. that embodiment there to others. Yeah. And by the way, that was a great point on, um, on the whole breathe in, breathe out. And just like when you feel like you're at the point of no return after like a, during a really hard sprint or really hard, extreme physical bout, Think about it this way. A, a large part of your old self dies when you're in that state because you, you've pushed yourself to such an extent that you have to think in different ways. You have to breathe in different ways and, and move in different ways. So that is a form of personal growth. That, that's why there is a spiritual aspect to either bodybuilding or sprinting or lifting, whatever you, you do. Um, there, there's a real spiritual transformative 
like process that almost resembles um, the state a, a caterpillar goes when they become a butterfly metamorphosis, right? When you think about the concept of, of metamorphosis, I know you're currently experiencing a bit of a fast, which is another form of, of metamorphosis. Your body literally begins to consume the cells on the inside and you shed that layer and those fat cells hold negative emotions, memories, toxins. There's a lot that you're shedding when you go through a fast, way more than just a few pounds or ounces of, of body fat. You're shedding all kinds of past disappointments, emotional trials and tribulations. You're shedding dark memories. You're shedding all kinds of toxicants that you may have picked up from the air, or the water, or the food. This next phase of, of Zaid, what, what are you seeing yourself metamorphosize into? What, do you, what are you planning to build? What's your vision for the future? Big question, man. What a question. Um, I want to help a lot more gentlemen out with the health coaching. That That's something that I've seen amazing results with. Um, a lot. Every single person who's, who's decided to onboard with me has been like, you've either A, transformed my health completely, or B, taught me everything that I need to know for basically the rest of my life, outside of the things that you need to be curious about and learn about. Um, or C, just changed my mindset around health. So I find that a place of incredible potential. And that's something I'm going to explore deeper as, as we move into the future. And then of course, the podcast is something that I'm heavy into. A lot of my time goes into that. So I want to bring on guests such as yourself, um, other individuals who are exploring the unknown and who are really just tapping into their own genius, because that's very important to me. I want to be around people who are excellent and who know what they're doing and, and can inspire other people out there. And outside of that, I think just making sure I iron out any weaknesses within my psyche um, and just ironing out any physical deficits that I feel like I have, like I've developed a good amount of agility and, and all sorts of other movement patterns because of soccer, thankfully, but I also have some exploration to do in terms of building muscle and, and burning a little bit of body fat. So those are things that I really want to focus on. Awesome. Well, I'll be following along and Excited to see this intention emerge into the world. I, I've no doubt that it will come forth at a, at a powerful way. And, and I encourage anyone listening to track you down, hunt you down, find your, your stuff and, and connect with it. That's a 2 a.m. podcast. And say yeah. I'll, I'll link everything that, that you have below um, so, it, so it'll all be easily accessible. Do you have, do you have any any last sort of parting word or message for, for anybody listening? I think people should replay this podcast over and over again, because it's that good. It's, it's one of the best podcast episodes I've been on. So I, I thank you for the incredible space you've given us to, to really explore this, the idea, the ideas and, and just, yeah, just potential overall. I, I think it's incredible. I appreciate that very much and really grateful to have had the opportunity to connect with you and, and create this, co-create this episode together and man yeah that was awesome thank you awesome brother